Hello, and welcome to Critical Thinking, Critical Issues. I'm Susan McDermott, um, U.S. Strategic Research Director, and I'll be interviewing um, Rupert Watson, Global Head of Asset Allocation for Mercer. Um, today is Tuesday, March 1st at roughly 11.10 a.m. Central. So, Rupert, we continue to monitor the situation in Ukraine very closely. Russia appears to be escalating attacks, and we are greatly saddened by the lives lost, the lives up upended, and just so much destruction. Yet it is heartening to witness the spirit, strength, and resilience of the Ukrainian people in such a difficult time. The markets have been very volatile, and as we assess, um, invest, assess the impact of the crisis, how do you think the crisis will generally impact the global economy? Well, I think there are three separate things to be thinking at and following. Uh, the first, and perhaps the most important, is energy, um, obviously both oil prices and natural gas. Um, the second is direct trade linkages between uh, Russia and the rest of the world, um, but also thinking about the impact of potential outages of certain things uh, on supply chains, which are stressed already. And then more generally around sentiment, uh, where one might expect what's going on uh, to impact sentiment uh, in different parts of the world, in particular in Europe. So Russia is a major producer of, of energy, natural gas and oil, and it supplies much of Europe's energy needs. What does this mean for energy prices, both near term and, and longer term? Well, I think it's one of the, the, well, one of, if not the critical issue from an economic point of view, although, of course, I would echo what you said, of course, earlier, that the, the critical issue is the is the suffering of the people on the ground. But in economic terms, um, the oil price is likely to be very, very volatile uh, going forward, and indeed, uh, natural gas prices as well, perhaps more so. I mean, the oil market is reasonably tight already. The oil price has been going up. Uh, for quite some time. Uh, and Russia makes up about 10% of world oil production. And any outage of that has the potential to put a significant upward pressure on prices. Um, the question would be is what sort of oil price would stop us from uh, spending money on oil? Uh, if the oil price goes up 10%, would we cut the number of trips to the supermarket? Uh, would we turn our heating down? Things like that. Uh, and oil demand tends to be pretty inelastic when it comes to price. And so any kind of outage of Russian oil uh, could put significant upward pressure on the oil price. Now, of course, an outage of Russian oil could come either because the West decides to uh, uh, sanction Russian oil, reduce its demand for oil um, uh, in order to stop money flowing uh, from the West to, to, to Russia, or because Russia chooses to use that as a weapon, um, i.e. reduces the amount of oil it sends, uh, it exports, and therefore sending the price higher, damaging Western economies. As things stands at the moment, uh, is that supply doesn't seem to have been much impacted. Um, but we're probably early days on that. Um, and while base case is that the oil price remains pretty firm, indeed, as we're speaking today, it's up sharply today, um, there are plenty of scenarios where the oil price goes up to $150 uh, or higher, uh, and, of course, ones uh, where it will fall back a bit. And natural gas is really the same as the situation in the natural gas market. It's pretty much the same as that in the oil market, Although more so, um, because whereas we could potentially um, buy, uh, the Europe could potentially buy oil from other parts of the world, 
Uh, in terms of natural gas, it's nothing like as simple as that. Uh, and if the pipelines are switched off, uh, we could be looking at Europe, not in the next few weeks or even the next few months, perhaps, but at some point, uh, pretty much running out of natural natural gas. Uh, and so uh, base case, as I say, is that energy prices remain firm, um, but there are most definitely risks uh, on the upside. Do you think uh, longer term that this uh, promotes more of a, uh, a movement towards um, you know, uh, alternative sources of fuel? Um, I think absolutely. I mean, we've been, you, you know, the, the push which Mercer has been involved in, I know you've been involved in, Susan, and, and plenty of others, um, to uh, move away from fossil fuels to, towards green energy is being driven by, uh, by climate change needs. Um, I also personally have the view that in 30 years' time, uh, uh, clean energy sources will be much cheaper uh, than than fossil fuels. But the move towards uh, away from fossil fuels has been need, uh, driven by the needs of the environment. Um, but there are also pretty strong economic uh, uh, reasons to do so. Uh, and Europe and indeed the world can only really wean itself off um, uh, Russian energy supplies uh, if it makes pretty dramatic uh, investments uh, in clean in clean energy, so I think it will I w- it will accelerate that. Uh, and I don't think we're planning on talking this today. It, it is a question around the whole ESG debate: um, is to are we through our actions um, uh, uh, encouraging Western energy companies to produce uh, reduce production, uh, which in fact all it's doing uh, is increasing our demand for Russian ones. But I don't think we're going to cover that today. But I think that that's a, an issue that, that that needs to be discussed. That's a much bigger issue. Um, let's talk about um, the direct trade impact from um, the Russian sanctions. Russia, you know, will Russia be cut off from trade completely in doing business with Europe? How does this affect biz- uh, European businesses that have traditionally done business with uh, Russia? And I guess you know, to add on one more question, uh, you know, will China enforce the the sanctions against Russia? How do you think this is going to play out in terms well, of trade? Well, I think I think with the exception of oil and gas, uh, the plan is to pretty much cut off uh, the Russian economy, uh, which means exports of goods, most goods um, from uh, uh, the rest of the world uh, to Russia will fall very sharply. Uh, and stay pretty weak for, for, for a long time to come. And who knows where the world will be in, in five, 10 years' time. Um, the, the impact of that on the European economy is, 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 is not huge. Um, the amount of exports to Russia from most parts of Europe are reasonably small uh, and are extremely small from the, from the US. Um, so I don't think that will have a huge impact, although we'll have some negative impact. Um, there may be supply chain disruptions because uh, Russia and indeed Ukraine are big producers of certain things, whether it's wheat, but also certain metals. Um, and that could lead to shortages. And of course, the world is anyway suffering from shortages of various things, which has helped push up prices and, and, and worries over inflation. And so that could that could also have a dampening effect uh, on economic activity uh, and also lift uh, inflation as well. Um, but I don't think I, I, I think that is material, but not as significant as what uh, may or may not happen on the energy side. Um, let's talk a little bit about sentiment and the impact that you can have there, both in terms of business spending and consumer spending. How do you think the situation in Ukraine and Russia is affecting sentiment? It is extremely difficult to know. So I think all I'll say is negative, um, but how negative and whether material, who knows? 
I mean, I think in America, the, the sort of the sentiment, sentiment impact is going to be pretty modest. Um, America is used to seeing problems in other parts of the world. Um, and of course, uh, it's quite a long way from America. So I think the sentiment impact in, in the US will be pretty modest or, or very small. Uh, in Europe, will be a bit more significant. It all seems quite close to home, uh, sitting over here in the UK. But of course, much of this, and indeed when thinking about the oil impact and the direct trade impact, uh, much, uh, uh, much, you know, we're still in early days. Um, there are scenarios, and we'll talk about that later, uh, where the situation has calmed down significantly. Uh, over the next uh, weeks, months, whatever it might be, uh, and there are situations where you know, there are scenarios where it hasn't, um, and so much of these effects uh, will 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 depend on how long it takes. I'm also reminded that I didn't answer your question on China. Will China uh, impose impose the, the sanctions? I think probably not. Um, China will uh, do whatever it thinks is in its in its interest. Uh, but we'll talk. I think we're talking a little bit about China later as well. Um, but uh, uh, yeah. So 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 just sort of pulling it all together. You've asked obviously a number of questions <laughs> around the economic impact. Um, our view is that. Uh, it is going to is going to dampen economic activity in in most parts of the world. Uh, it will raise inflation in most parts of the world. Of course, those countries that will suffer the most will be energy importers uh, and those that are closest to Russia and Ukraine. So many countries in 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 Europe, in Western Europe, uh, those countries that are that much further away, like America, um, possibly Japan. Um, and also those countries that are, are oil or commodity price exporters uh, will probably benefit. Um, but, but, but our view is that it will be reasonably moderate, um, and it's certainly possible that if oil prices perhaps this year, and this is meant to be a forecast, um, as you, Susan, at least know, I don't do forecasts, um, and in the current environment, they're, 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 they're a complete guess. But if oil went to $120 and stayed there, um, then maybe it might fall back in two or three years' time and economic activity loss will be recouped. So we're expecting, as I say, a, a moderate overall slowdown in economic activity. But there are, of course, in relation to energy and, of course, potential, I, 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 I'm not going to use the word conflict, but, but heightened tension between the US uh, and, and Europe and, uh, and Russia uh, could mean a worse outcome. But base case, moderate hit. And then maybe if you could just touch a, a little bit on inflation and interest rates, I think that's of top of mind in terms of um, investors. If, if inflation goes up, are we going to see interest rates go up as well, particularly given you know, the situation of dampening um, economic growth? Well, I think it's worth starting where we were or where we would have been had none of this happened. And so had none of this happened, the global economy was performing pretty well. Inflation was well above target, uh, uh, more or less ev everywhere. Unemployment rates were low and declining, and wage, wage growth was, was, was picking up. Uh, and mo most people are of the view that more or less all central banks, with the possible exception of Japan, were likely to be raising interest rates, and perhaps reasonably aggressively so, over the course of this year and into next. Um, now, as we look at things now, um, central banks will be are in a pretty difficult position. Um, the softening in economic activity, all else equal, would argue in, in, in the direction of not uh, tightening monetary policy. But the high spike in uh, inflation, which is going to get worse, uh, perhaps would suggest they should move more aggressively. I think they'll, 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 they'll err on the side of caution, um, but that those of the central banks, so particularly the UK uh, and most certainly the US, 
will continue to raise interest rates in the near term, or in the US's case, start to raise interest rates, but will be conscious as to what is going on, will be watching energy prices, and won't be in the same sort of autopilot that they were. I was certainly thinking of the the key central banks uh, being on autopilot in terms of raising monetary policy for the next 12 months or more. I think that's, I don't think that is the case anymore. Um, But ultimately, I think there is a bias for interest rates to go higher. Um, But if central banks need to stop, uh, I suspect they will. And then maybe if you could just comment on the invasion itself, any any insights into whether this will continue to escalate or or um, come to a quick close? Well, I mean, that's sort of obviously into the unknowable bucket, but perhaps there are three potential outcomes. The first is a negotiated settlement, um, which would ultimately include a, a Russian uh, uh, full or, or, or partial military withdrawal, perhaps Ukrainian neutrality, and so on. Now, that doesn't seem very likely at the moment. Uh, And if you think about the needs and wishes of the Russians and the needs and wishes of Ukraine, um, if you remember, you know, when you did maths at school, the sort of the Venn diagram, they don't seem to overlap uh, to to any great extent. Um, But that's certainly possible at some point, and we're in a very different place today from where we were a week ago. Uh, Who knows where we'll be in a week's time. So that's the first possible outcome. The second outcome is a change at the Russian end. Uh, So at the Russian end, what I'm meaning by that is that the Russians decide for whatever reason um, to announce that they've won. Um, They've met uh, all of their objectives for whatever reason um, or some other change on the ground in Russia, uh, claim victory and leave. Again, that seems unlikely at the moment, uh, but who knows? Um, And then in the very near term, the most likely outcome Uh, is that we get further re-escalation. As we speak, the reports of a massive convoy of tanks on the way to to Kiev, um, and that could well lead to uh, uh, Russia uh, taking control uh, or or, or more or less taking control uh, with very sadly huge loss of life uh, for both military and civilian uh, on the Ukrainian side and and big loss of life uh, to the Russian military as, as well. Um, Even if this transpires and Putin uh, imposes a a puppet government in in Ukraine that's sympathetic to Russia, um, it's probably the case that the conflict will go on uh, as the Ukrainian uh, uh, resistance won't end. There will be a government in exile, be supported by the West uh, financially, militarily, uh, sort of morally. Um, and that is a pretty messy, pretty messy, 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 messy outcome. Uh, and of course, would mean a further escalation of tensions uh, between between East and West. But it's a pretty moving, you know, it's a pretty fluid situation. Um, taking over a country is extremely difficult uh, if a country doesn't want to be taken over. Uh, we've seen that in Afghanistan a couple of times, in Iraq, and there are many, many other examples. Um, uh, but having said all that, of course, Russia has... Uh, overwhelming military, uh, overwhelming military power. So you've discussed the situation in Ukraine, which sounds very uncertain. Um, The economic situation, slightly slower growth, higher inflation. What are the implications for the markets, financial markets? So in terms of financial markets, um, I suppose, again, I've used the word uncertainty um, a few times on this call. So I will, I'll, I'll use it again, is that the outlook is uncertain. But what I would say, what I would start by saying, 
is that historically, geopolitical events have had little lasting impact on markets. And so there have been various reports produced looking at various uh, big political events over the last 50, 100 years. Uh, and while they caused an, uh, an initial knee-jerk sell-off in risk assets uh, and to some extent hurt economic activity as well, there's often little lasting impact. Now, of course, there's no certainty that, that this is going to be the same because, as I said, there are certain very nasty things that could, could, could happen. But base case is that the most likely outcome on, on, on markets is little lasting effect. And so that our broad-based view of equities being in a range, so supported by uh, corporate profit growth, um, but worries around valuations running about bond yields, uh, keeping equity keeping equities in check, and perhaps in a broad a broad changing range, upward move in in bond yields probably remains on on, on track. Um, but certainly, if the facts were to change on the ground, particularly in relation to energy, um, then there could be some worse outcomes. Uh, and although it's not worth perhaps focusing on today, as you know, um, with my 10-year hat on, I'm pr pretty optimistic on, on technology and productivity and all of that. Um, I don't suppose that will have any impact at all over the next few weeks, um, but uh, worth having in the back of one's mind. Okay, great. So very uncertain situation, but largely um, no no significant impact on the financial markets is is kind of our view today. Well, well, I would I would throw in that with the potential of massive volatility. I'm not sure we I, I'd want that headline attributed to me <laughs> um, because it because of course it is a you know what is going on is a hugely significant uh, event, obviously in terms of uh, the, you know the human life, but also uh, the political implications are profound and are long lasting. I don't think in three years' time under any scenario. The relationship between East and West uh, will be the same in three years' time as it was uh, three months ago or three years ago. Okay, well said. Yes, and I think the markets are are demonstrating their volatility here in the in the last few weeks, just uh, on an intraday basis. Uh, so, I'd like to thank Rupert for joining me today and sharing his thoughts, and to the listener for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and please leave a rating and a review. If you'd like to contact us um, or speak to a Mercer representative, please email ctci at mercer.com. Thank you. Mm -hmm.